0: Good morning and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I'm your host, Todd Schnick. Today promises to be a really interesting conversation. I'm very much looking forward to it. I feel like I have, over the years, with all the live interviews I've done, that I've begun to develop the skill of improvisation. We're going to talk about that today and how to apply that to uh, your business career. Uh, I've got a gentleman on the show today who's got a new book out about business improv. going to be a really cool conversation. Let's say hello to our guest. His name is Bob Colhan. He's the founder and CEO of Business Improv and the author of a new book called Getting to Yes and the Art of Business Improv. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Todd. I'm excited to chat with you. Well, Pleasure to have you. I appreciate you making time to join us. Got this new book out, so I know you're awfully busy. I appreciate the time. Bob, before we get into our conversation around the new book, take a few quick seconds. Tell us a bit about you and your background.
1: Sure. I have an undergrad in business from the University of Illinois at Chicago, and I am a Chicago-trained improviser, spent about... 15 years of my 18 years in the city of Chicago, learning the art of improvisation from the people who literally created the art form itself. My mentor actually created the Second City Training Center, a wonderful man named Martin DeMott. And of the last 21 years that I've been teaching and performing and directing and producing improvisation as a a comedic venue, entertainment form, I... I have spent 18 years linking it to business. I'm an adjunct professor at the Duke University Fuqua School of Business. I'm also an adjunct professor at Columbia Business School, have great relationships with UCLA Anderson School of Management, University of Florida, and developing relationships with schools like Wharton and Yale and Harvard. And I link improvisation to business, not only, as you mentioned, through my own company and real-world business experience, I do it through the channels of behavioral psychology and cognitive psychology and decision-making theorists and organizational theory. So we put the Understanding of how and why we make decisions alone in place, how and why we make decisions on an individual basis in a group, and then how the group makes decisions in place as a way to show how the experiential learning improvisation naturally brings benefits a skill set directly related to what we use in business. Well, you've studied with the likes of Amy Poehler and
0: Tina Fey, and I think most people listening, when they hear improv, I think they may think, all right, well, this is kind of a comedic form uh, in a way to—and maybe they've recognized uh, some of the Drew Carey shows and all those kinds of improvisational theater— I still worry that a lot of people listening, though, maybe they don't really truly understand the definition of what improv is. Before we tie it to the business side of this thing, which is the goal of this conversation, just set, set us off by by someone listening who maybe is not familiar with the art form of what actually improv is. Can you just give us a quick definition?
1: Sure. The art of improvisation is creating something out of what would presume to be nothing. So in improv on stage, we get a suggestion and then we'll create a one-act show or an improvised musical or a series of unrelated or seemingly unrelated scenes based on this suggestion. Now, there's a a misactual definition in thinking that we're making something up out of nothing because in truth, it's not making something up out of nothing. It's making something out of everything. So we take every... Look, every word, every body gesture, every facial expression as an opportunity, as a gift. And so, because of this, you can actually get an understanding of how this is going to link to business soon enough. Because the context in which we perform improvisation as an entertainment form is a specific situation. Now, if you take away the tenets of improvisation from the comedy aspect of this and start redirecting it, you can start asking yourself, well, who else actually needs to improvise? Do elite athletes need to improvise? Do first responders need to improvise? Do special forces teams need to improvise? Do... Hosts, interviewing people need to improvise? Do business people need to improvise? And because of that, the way that we define improvisation in business improv is on these three core concepts reacting, adapting, communicating. Reacting adapting communicating if you're reacting you're focused you're present in real time at a very high level Adapting if you're reacting within parameters or trying to achieve a specific outcome you're reacting and adapting And the subroot to both of these is communicating as we are not floating in space There's always someone with whom we can react and adapt or something in our environment to which we can react and adapt And with that definition you can easily link it to a number of different fields including business so Here's the thing.
0: We all improvise and we do it probably dozens, dozens and dozens of times a day. Most of us suck at it and we don't realize we suck at it. And, but it, it really is a skill, right? I mean, we all do it. We all don't, maybe don't realize we improvise. Uh, I mean, you just rattle off a bunch of examples of, of where this might happen. But, but, but we all do this, right? I mean, this is, yes. this
1: is a part of our daily routine that we need to take seriously. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Now, some people are, of course, more innately gifted at improvising. The real truth is the best improvisers that I've had the extreme fortune of playing with and knowing continue to practice this. And those improvisers don't only include those on a comedic improv stage, they include Navy SEALs, for example, or business people. So if you really look at what it takes to improvise successfully, you're looking at strengthening a skill set directly related to what we do on a day-to-day basis. And so it behooves us to learn it, understand it, practice it, and get better at it.
0: Now, Bob, over the years on this show where we've discussed countless business themes, we talk about this idea of uh, of being proactive versus reactive. Now, you can make the case there are, oh, gosh, I want to say maybe a majority of the scenarios that you will encounter in a business career, you want to be proactive. I mean, you want to be thinking ahead and, and planning and preparing and not always having to be in a reactive state which is, you probably agree, a good place to be. However, we all know that there's nothing we can do to avoid on several occasions over the course even of a typical day that you are going to have to react. And so you can think at that as well, and and you have to get better at being able to be reactive. I mean, this is developing
1: your improvisational skills is a critical way to do that, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the things that's important to understand is that to be reactive is not necessarily the same thing as reacting. So to be reactive, at least for most people, has a connotative definition that you are impulsively reacting to something. That's that first initiation. That's that first response to whatever proactive declaration that was made. And that's great to create the momentum, get the first domino knocked over, get the ball rolling. However... Really, to succeed at this, what you need to do is react on a regular basis and adapt within those parameters of, let's say, a strategy or a conversation. And so the skill set that we're focusing on is really how to succeed within the confines of whatever structure exists so that ultimately, after that reactive state, you're reacting and adapting successfully.
0: All right. Well, before we go to break, let's get the final elephant in the room off the table, Probably a lot of business people, many maybe seasoned business veterans that are saying, listening to this going, wait a minute, comedy and improv, I, I'm not taking that seriously. That's got no place in, in our corporate business environment. How do you deal with someone who says, wait a minute, this is just not, this, is, this isn't serious. This is not something that I need to waste my time as an executive, my employee's time, understanding the, the skills of
1: improv. I think in order to answer that, we should really look at how we continue to define the skill set related to improvisation, because the comedy aspect surely does exist in one form or another with some improvisation. However, if, you know, God forbid, either one of us needs a first responder or a surgeon to improvise on us, we don't want them performing whose line is it anyway games to try to keep us (laughs) alive, right? We want them to perform at the top of of their intelligence, be focused and present in real time at a very high level, communicate with other people on their team, and adapt to make sure that they're doing the best they can for us. So the skill set that we're really working on is focus and concentration, it is communication, it is connection with people, it's engaging people, it's building relationships with people. And those aspects don't have a lot of humor attached to it because really what we're talking about in the long run is how do we connect?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. All right. Bob Colhand and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back.
2: This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? the choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpeedler.com.
0: All right, I'm back with Bob Colhan, the founder and CEO of Business Improv and the author of a new book, Getting to Yes and the Art of Business Improv. So Bob, so let's get to what I think is probably the most important way to understand how to use improv in your daily life, particularly your business, is this idea of yes and. So I think Mm -hmm. most people listening to this have probably heard of this. They think they understand it, but go into it. What exactly is that? I mean, I think it is probably the quintessential improv strategy, but, but walk us through what yes and is.
1: Yes, and is the cornerstone of improvisation around the world. Yes is unconditional acceptance. You give me this gift, this offer, this opportunity. I accept it at face value. In comedic improvisation, and is taking this gift and building directly upon it. Now, what I've learned over the last 18 years is that building directly upon something over and over again seems to have a very negative vibe for a lot of business people. It seems to to resonate with them in a way that means abandonment of their own thought or overall strategy. So to be clear about how we use this in the book Getting to Yes And, yes is still unconditional acceptance and is the bridge to you, and is the bridge to how you react to this unexpected opportunity, and is the bridge to your intelligence, your thoughtfulness, your drive, your passion. Yes, and beyond how it's most commonly used in business, which is as a brainstorming tool, is a communication tool. And as a, con- a communication tool, you can actually use yes, and as a conflict management tool. It's a way to slow the brain down to be focused and present in the moment, so it's a way to actually achieve presence. Because of that, you can use yes, and actually to achieve mindfulness. It's a way to influence people. It's a its a way to create cultures in which people are not afraid to communicate with you, not afraid to take risks strategically, and not afraid to fail when it's time to be in that place. So you shared a couple
0: of ways that it can be incorporated into a business environment, uh, brainstorming, crisis management, mindfulness. There's probably dozens more. I think... Someone listening says, Oh my goodness, uh, if I'm going to be in a meeting and I'm going to start doing this yes and strategy to to involve myself and integrate myself and make a contribution to that meeting, uh, they suddenly start panicking because they think, I have my ands have to be perfect. That's not necessarily the case, right? I mean, this is just, you're going to get better at this as you employ this strategy and tactic. But but walk us through how someone listening who says, Oh my gosh, this has to be perfect. That's not necessarily the case in fact that's part of the reason why it sometimes is really funny because
1: it's anything but perfect oh absolutely so what we're looking at is and if i may talk about framing mental framing remember that i've based my improv to business through the roadmap of behavioral sciences And the framing that I want to use is from JP Guilford in the 60s, which is divergent thinking versus convergent thinking. Divergent thinking is where you start with that single point and you diverge away from it. This is about the number of ideas. This is about making a mess. This is about exploration. This is about fearlessness versus convergent thinking is when you take this big mess and you start cleaning it up, you start editing it, sorting it out, fine tuning it until you get to a a single working point. Largely what we're talking about in using yes and in this capacity is in that divergent thinking side where you shouldn't be worried about the right answer when you're diverging away from an idea. You should be coming up with ideas. You should be making a mess. It is about the number of ideas. It's about pulling ideas out from other people and creating an environment in which people do not fall into many of the biases which keep us from communicating, collaborating and being creative. So So how do you remove those barriers? Well, you cling to yes and, use that as the law of the land for a block of time. Let's say 15 minutes or 30 minutes to really diverge away from a single point and come up with as many ideas in a free exchange of information.
0: So why is it yes and
1: versus say yes but? Yes, but. The best way to define this is to go to a military axiom, and that military axiom is but eliminates everything said before it through restrictions, denials, contradictions, steerings, and whether it does or doesn't actually do that, it at least feels that way to the person on the receiving end of that yes but, especially when it's delivered emphatically with emotion, energy, you're trying to motivate somebody screaming yes but at them, or delivered consistently over time. Yes and, on the opposite side of that coin, has the feeling of flow, it has the feeling of of inclusiveness, it has the feeling of momentum and agreement, and you can actually disagree with somebody still using yes and, it's about respectful communication and disagreement so that the relationship isn't jeopardized. So we're talking now about framing of language toward intent, which relates directly to how we influence each other as leaders.
0: Well, see, it's going back to what you said earlier. The key to understanding this is this react, adapt, and communicate. Uh, we're not just talking about reacting and adapting. I mean, the the, the the key leg in this stool is communicating this too, right? And so that's why the yes, but becomes problematic. I, I can I can understand that. I mean, it's, I'm still thinking a lot about what you said at the top half of the show when it said, no, you're not creating something out of thin air here. I mean, you're creating something out of what I think you said was everything, which speaks to this idea of – why you need to be well-read, why you need to closely observe the world around you because you're feeding data into a, into a bank where, from which you can pull a lot of material into the, 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 the and part
1: of this yes and, right? Absolutely. So there's a phrase in improvisation which is performing at the top of your intelligence. Now, what that means in relation to getting to yes and is that ability to relax enough to let your natural intelligence come to the surface and allow that incredibly powerful tool, the brain, to be used in a way which accesses all of these key points or as many of these key points as possible that relate to a given situation. So as you mentioned, it's your education, it's your background, it's your experiences, it's your relationships, relationships not even present, as well as the relationships that are present with you in real time, and the ability as well to pull upon those relationships in a collaborative way to receive even a broader spectrum of information so that ultimately when it's time for you to choose, you're not choosing with blinders on, you're choosing with a great open perspective and the ability to get the best information from that.
0: Yeah, I like it. I like it. So, how this all started, this idea of applying this improv strategy towards business, it wasn't a bunch of veteran improv comedic actors one day said, hey, we got to figure out a way to, to apply this to business so we can get paid for corporate gigs. No, there's, there is some real cognitive and social psychology at play here. I mean, this, this has always been the case with,
1: with humans, I suspect. Talk about that side of this thing a bit. In the late 1990s, when I started doing this, actually, I think that was the default for many improvisers, that this teaching corporate improv was a way to actually make a bigger check, really. Right, right, Now, for me personally, it's evolved because it's always been a mission of mine to teach improvisation to the best of my ability. And with my formal degree in business before the degree of in improvisation through the School of Hard Knocks, My mission has been to show business people specifically the who, what, when, where, why and how around this so that ultimately when they leave programs with me or stop reading the book when the book ends for them, they know how to use this, when to use this, why to use this, with whom to use it, what happens when you don't use it, how to put those pieces in play again. And it needs that type of depth. It needs the depth of understanding through the cognitive psychology. It also needs the depth of understanding that in my my specific case, I've gone through the ringer with businesses many, many, many times in the last 18 years, so much so that I intentionally put myself in the crosshairs. I like being in the hardest places with the hardest clients that need strong return on investment and put to the test to, to show how this works. And ultimately, we walk out with great successes not because we go to the default that this is good for everybody. We work hard on our end. We study just like you just mentioned, like everybody else, so that once we actually get in front of you, we know what we're talking about on your terms and know how to relate it to you in a way that you can understand and use.
0: Now, if the audience, if you've been listening to this complete interview, and you've been especially reading between the lines, you already know the answer to this next question. But Bob, I'm going to ask you it this way, just so someone listening can have a forehead smack in the head and make them realize how important this is. But you and I could list dozens of reasons why you need to integrate improv and improvisational skills into your daily business regimen. But I I think my personal belief is that as an organization, certainly as an individual, you cannot you can not be creative or innovative if you don't integrate improvisation into your routine. We talked about brainstorming a little while ago. T- tell me tell us why improv is such a vital role in
1: creativity and, and and innovation. The best way to answer that is to step away from the brainstorming and creative aspects because that's the most common way improvisation is associated with business and look specifically at the evolution of technology and the evolution of the workplace itself so go back 15 20 years how has technology changed how does it continue to change go back as little as five or ten years what are we doing differently are we communicating with each other in a different way now than we were 10 years ago does 140 characters make a difference in the way that we disseminate information what about the global community that exists so as a whole business has changed at least in the way that we communicate with each other. Also the need to embrace change is ever present. There are a lot of organizations that were incredibly successful once upon a time that are not successful anymore. Look at Kodak, where they kept saying that you need to hold these pictures in your hand. Everybody wants to hold pictures. No one's going to want to look at pictures on their screen and what happened to them, or Blockbuster. Nobody's going to want to go to a red box and pick up movies. They're going to want to come to the store. No one's going to want to rent movies online or buy movies online. They want to hold the box in their hand. And because of that, they were very short-sighted in the way that they were reacting and adapting to their competition and the global community, which was singing to them. Additionally, you have a new element called millennials that continue to influence the workplace. And the way that I'm going to once again say that if we're not focusing on the skill set related to improvisation, specifically now as it relates to change, change management and adaptability, is look at the corporate culture. Go back 20 years or so what were most people wearing? Suits, right? Ties. Then all of a sudden the dot com started coming around and people started ditching the ties. It was nice shirts, nice jackets, nice slacks, and nice dress shoes. Then all of a sudden the slacks got replaced with jeans. So it's a blazer and a nice shirt and nice blue jeans and nice shoes. Then all of a sudden the blazer got kicked out. And then all of a sudden you have people who are multimillionaires showing up to work in shorts and hoodies and flip flops and that's acceptable. And there's ping pong tables in the office and break rooms and lunches and babysitting services. So the whole corporate structure continues to evolve as well. So in the spirit of using the tenets of improvisation to embrace change and embrace evolution, it's a way to be aware of that change and evolution. And if you are not actually strengthening this skill set, then you are competing against people who are strengthening that skill set. And you put yourself in a disservice. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it.
0: So running low on time, one final question. So how do you actually strengthen this skill set? So You could read a book like yours. There's probably an improv class at your local community college that you could take. Uh, But what are some other things, what are one or two or three things that someone listening right now can begin to do to strengthen their improvisational
1: skill? Of course, I'm going to say read Getting to Yes And. Of course. (laughs) And now that that gratuitous plug is out of the way, (laughs) keep it simple keep it simple you know we often get overwhelmed at change and i relate this to that old joke what's the best way to eat an elephant one bite at a time that's right one bite at a time so what can you do for yourself can you start implementing yes and as a language technique a framing of language can you just implement the yes and philosophy to increase your personal adaptability or personal creativity the way that you collaborate then what can you do for one or two people around you How can you influence them? Can you bring this home and talk to your significant other your children a different way? Can you release and relieve conflict at home when we do bristle up against each other and say, let's just yes and this for 10 minutes so that it's not about proving a point. Then understand who you are at this time. Do a proper 360 to say, this is my self-assessment and these are my areas that I'm good at and these are my areas of unexplored opportunity, ways that I can get better and start once again on a day-to-day, piece-by-piece, bite-by-bite basis, devouring that elephant of personal growth and make yourself better for yourself. And in doing so, you're going to make yourself better for the people around you.
0: Yep. Outstanding. Well, Bob, uh, we're out of time. Before I let you go, should anyone need to contact you with any questions? How do they find you? Where do they get their hands
1: on a copy of this book? And where do they learn more about business improv? Okay, you can learn more about Business Improv through our website, of course, businessimprov.com. You can follow us on Facebook or Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, at Culhan. And, of course, you can buy Getting to Yes and pretty much anywhere you could buy books these days. So Amazon, Books a Million, 800 CEO Reads. It's also in a digital format and an audio format. And if you buy the audio book, you get to listen to this guy read my words back at you. So I hope you get it and I hope you enjoy it. I hope right. it helps for you.
0: Yeah, I think it will. Bob Colhan, the founder and CEO of Business Improv and the author of a new book called Getting to Yes and the Art of Business Improv. Bob, it was great to have you. Thanks so much for taking time to join us on the show. Todd, thank you so much. I had a great time. I did too. The pleasure was mine. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Again, on behalf of my guest, Bob Coolhan, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Thank you for listening to Intrepid Media. We appreciate your attention. To receive everything we do, simply go to IntrepidMailingList.com. That's IntrepidMailingList.com and sign up. You can also find us at intrepid.media and on itunes and to support the important work we do on your behalf a rating and review on itunes will help spread our work far and wide again we certainly appreciate your support now get out there be intrepid and we'll see you next time